1: And you're Wang Zuki and you know you're true. Oh my goodness gracious me. You know what I love about doing this podcast is sometimes you look at a record that's on the list and you don't think you're going to feel it and then you feel every piece of it. That song Wang Zuki'd me. It's called He's Got the Power slash Tell Him by the Exciter's off the 1990 album The Best of the Girl Groups Volume 1 and 2 It's also number 421 out of 500 on the Spotify Ridge The 500 with Josh Adam Myers. What's up everybody? How you doing Fleece Army? What's up you little I Hope you guys are having a good week Hope everybody's safe Hope everybody's quarantining Hope everybody's not sick And if you are stay home Just stay home and listen to the only podcast that's going through Rolling Stone Magazine's list of the 500 greatest albums. And I am the King Kadougal. So this is it, guys. Three straight weeks of the girl groups of the 60s. First, we started with the Supremes. Then we had the Ronettes. And now we have all of the rest. Do you guys understand that... The last three weeks have been a intense course on all of the girl groups. You are going to be able to speak knowledgeable to anybody about the song Chapel of Love. And if you guys are at all in a sour mood, hopefully these last three albums have just put you feeling fine like wine. Because I am. I'm not going to lie to you guys. This was a really positive experience for me digging into all three of these records actually four if you think about this one's got two of them and i think that's the purpose of doing this podcast man you know you music gets into your soul and if you feel it, it just makes everything burn a little bit brighter i mean i have only been listening to the girl groups it's not entirely true I did take a break to listen to some Erica Badu and some Jill Scott cuz if you watched if you watched that versus, I don't think I've ever wanted to be a black woman more in my life than after watching Erica Badu and Jill Scott go back to back. I was like god, I just wish I really understood this. Big ups to all you guys. Big ups to the Fleece army. Big ups to the Kadoogly Spooglies. I love each and every one of you guys. Since this is the last of our three week excursion into the girl groups, I picked one of my favorite girls, the one and only Stephanie Simbari. Stephanie is one of my oldest friends in stand-up comedy. We used to date, we talk about all of this. And honestly, it couldn't have been more of a joyful experience recording this episode because you don't see each other as often as, as you get busy. You know, she's she's gotten extremely busy with her podcast, That's So Retrograde, which is so great, where her and Elizabeth Cott just discuss wellness and pop culture and self-help. And she's just one of those people that is so fun that it really, really made this episode just fly by rate review and most importantly subscribe to the 500 and listen free on spotify follow me at josh adam Myers on all social media email the podcast at 500 podcast at gmail.com follow our facebook group the 500 podcast with jam and the 500 podcast fan page and for all things 500 go to our website the 500 podcast dot cam well y'all nothing left to say but here we go with number 420, one of the best of the girl groups, volume one and two Z. Oh, the episode is a doozy. All right, enjoy. You said
0: things that weren't very nice.
1: She's, she's eating kale chips and, dad dad and her name is stephanie simbar simbari stephanie simbari. Simbari. simbari she lives yeah. at <laughs> era and she's astrophysical <laughs> hey, uh, hey, yeah. like, we finally got this figured out <laughs> oh <my God.
0: laughs> wow josh thank you so much that was a beautiful rendition of the right song too. in my soul
1: Little does everybody know that it took we, we've actually been on Zoom for about an hour or twenty trying to figure out how to get all this working. And then right when we sat down to do it, Stephanie just picked up a huge box of Ashwaga kale <laughs> fucking, fucking They're some, just
0: some, crackers, you psycho. It's some form of
1: some form of like reishi mushroom that she's ground down and put on top of a pizza.
0: I'm an innovator in the space. What can I say? (laughs) Uh, Thank you
1: for for doing this because I've been wanting to sit down and talk to you. I feel like it's been it's been a minute since you and I have actually. No, we talked not too long ago. We talked when I offered you this a few months ago. That's how well I know you, Stephanie, knowing that this record is like 38 songs on a double record. I gave you three months to fucking absorb this, I was like, she's Meanwhile, this- I just started listening to it like two weeks ago, <laughs> which is fine, which is fine because everybody else had a week as well, you know what I mean, okay, so that's great, so so all right, so what kind of of relationship did you have with this music prior to me asking you to do it? Um, Is that a weird way to say. Do you ever listen to this shit? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no. I mean, I feel like it's kind of the same type of relationship that anyone of our age group would have with this kind of music. It's like the shit that reminds me of what would be playing like in my grandparents' house on a record player, like on a you know summer afternoon in like the '90s when they still listen to records. Like, it's not something that I really dabbled
1: in yeah it's neither same I'm in the same boat it's the same experience that you're having that I'm having I but I and I probably think you can agree with this it's like the second that you listen to this music especially in the social situation we're dealing with with the pandemic Mm -hmm. it's like it doesn't match the vibe and maybe that's good oh my
0: god no I'm like so happy to be filled with like hope and whimsy
1: yeah it's like this is, this is but but uh, as soon as I this record came up, I had all these people telling me they were like, makes sense that it's happening during a pandemic because this is the soundtrack they use for the game Fallout, and I was like, oh, isn't that like a Mad Max post apocalyptic thing? And they're like, yeah, that's what it reminds me of. For me, it's just this like, like my dad never listened to this music, my mom never listened to this, I don't think my grandma listened to this, but it was just there. It's just music that's been there since I've been alive.
0: You know what it reminds me of, I'm just realizing, is the movie Girl Interrupted.
1: Of course that's the movie that you would
0: But that's what that's what Brittany Murphy hangs herself to like definitely one of these songs in the movie. Are you serious?
1: Yeah. The only time I've seen that movie is when I was when me and my ex girlfriend were dating and and she cooked me dinner. We had this great night and I had almost I'd almost cheated on her, but I didn't. But I kept a picture of the girl I almost cheated on her with in my phone. And we we fell asleep watching Girl Interrupted. And when I woke up, maybe 20, 30 minutes later... Uh, on the couch she was holding the picture and screaming at me and she's just like I can't believe you fucking cheated on me and then all I can see is just like why nona Ryder on the screen <laughs> like having a breakdown and I'm just like is this a joke <laughs> no you're right I and I and I agree because I think for people in our age group in their in their 30s and, and even kids like younger I mean this is the music that you hear like in Scorsese movies this is like music that has just it's just there it's this american uh art form if we're gonna call it like like jazz or anything else that is kind of based in this short window between like 1960 to like 1968 because i feel like by then it started changing
0: well it's definitely like pre like women's liberation music yes like that was the most wonderful and also kind of Darker thing that I was thinking about it, where I was just like, "Wow!" Like every single song is how she like worships him, and like he makes me do things I don't want to do, and like all these things. And I'm just like, "Damn, women really have like no power."
1: <laughs> but it was
0: still whimsical in a weird, uplifting way.
1: Now I listen. I, I'm. This is our third straight week of doing like girl groups like this. Like we started with the Supremes, we just did the Ronettes, and now we're doing like this is all of them you know and yeah. so it's it for me it's just been this like crash course in everything important about the girl groups so it sounds like you don't know a lot about these these bands so here let's let's dive in and find out a little bit about the history of them okay so this record was released by Rhino Records and produced by Bill Inglot in 1990 uh this is also a very comprehensive two volume compilation of all the epic hits of the greatest female fronted groups of the 60s there had been several huge female acts in the 40s and the early 50s, like the Andrew Sisters, the Bobettes, and the Chantelles. Do you know Ooh, any of them?
0: No. Oh, Andrew Sisters. You know? I feel like my mom liked them.
1: But by the mid-50s, rock and roll was as much a youth movement as a music genre, and it caught on with the kids like wildfire. Within a couple years of its introduction, everyone wanted to be part of it, but not everyone had the money or discipline to go by and learn to play a guitar interesting Um, but you could sing doo-wop with your friends at school or on the corner or walking around the neighborhood which is funny because I've never seen that anymore that might be the most like 1950s shit in the world just walking down the street and like five guys are just hanging out singing yeah like I don't think I've ever fucking like I might have seen that in like West Hollywood but it's just like a bunch of gay guys out front like, Show me
0: love! Woo-hoo, show me love!
1: One guy singing and four dancing. Yeah. But by the late 50s, doo-wop had become one of the most popular genres of rock and roll, but with minor exception, it was still a male-dominated genre. Hmm. But all that changed in the early 60s when girl groups exploded out of nowhere. The girls, who weren't necessarily encouraged to learn instruments and join bands, found out they could still participate. Many of them grew up out of family acts or school friends singing covers. Some were put together by crafty producers and songwriters to cash in on and catch the trending wave. Some were the writers and arrangers of their own material. Wow. Uh,
0: I didn't realize that girl groups were were like feminist warriors for music
1: dude they're like girl groups are like the instagram butt models of today
0: <laughs> come on yeah, they, they, i will they, say i just googled the andrew sisters and they don't even list their last names <laughs> so, really? yeah they gave them they gave them fame but not notoriety
1: well their last name was andrews oh that's right okay Keep that in the podcast, Peter. Don't cut I that I take mistake. that back. Well, I thought the sisters was like
0: a, a, like a fake thing, but I guess they're real sisters. Okay. Probably.
1: Yeah, no, you're okay. right. Laverne, Sophia. And as, okay, sorry. No, all good. And as most of the time, girls were easier to mold and present. They could be scouted, given in-house songs to record with staff producers, dressed in approved outfits, choreographed. Wait, girls were easier to-,
0: to mold and present because they had no idea that they had any freedom? Is that why?
1: You're figuring in the 1960s. I yeah. mean, there were, weren't there weren't there places like debutante schools back then?
0: Yeah, I guess you're right. So they was, were like training was, I mean, themselves to
1: be ladies. I think. Well, I mean, you know, some of these. Listen, I'm not saying that they weren't ladies, but I'm I'm saying like you're taking. This is a time when everything that was put on camera or on screen had to be perfect. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially if you want to talk about, you know, so like this is during a time of segregation. So you're taking like like black people, especially black women, and then putting them out in front of the camera. So basically all they're trying to do is just whiten them up. Yeah. In a sense so white people will buy it. Right. All right. They're tight harmonies and clever hooks, female centric lyrics, often about innocent romance, lush and innovative musical arrangements, detailed choreography and unique fashion and style. They became a sixties American phenomenon and a musical industry onto themselves. And most of the significant details is that many were women of color, like we said, for the first time they appealed to and were accepted by mainstream pop music listeners. Although the girl group's period really only lasted about five or six years, the ripple effect on everyone, and especially the female vocalists and musicians that followed them, was immeasurable. And you can hear the roots of these pioneers through the decades with artists like the Pointer Sisters, the Emotions, Sister Sledge, the Go-Go's, your shit— TLC, En yes! Vogue, Vanity, Spice Girls, the movie Dream yeah, Girls. <laughs> well, no, I mean, well, the Dream Girls is made about the Supreme. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, this is this is something that the, not saying they never had female singers; they had female singers before. But now you're putting it like a group together. This is something new for the time, and it just blew the fuck up. This is like mumble rap of today. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. it's just fucking everywhere. And to be honest with you, after listening to this record, like I I can see why, because it is honest to God. Perfect song after perfect song after perfect song. And most of them, as you listen to them, I think you probably felt the same way. You were probably like, oh, shit, I know this one. Yeah. And and then other ones were like, I don't know this one, but this one. Fucking slaps, baby. <laughs> all right, let's 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 dive into the record, okay? okay? Let's get into some of these songs. All right, so the record opens with Leader of the Pack by the We Shang all know this one. Rilas. Everybody knows it, but we're going to play it just for anybody Regardless, that might not. Peter, play a little bit. I met him at the candy store. He turned around and smiled at me. You get the picture? Yes, we see.
0: alpha males never go out of style
1: <laughs> well this is you know what's funny it's that like I didn't fucking realize what this shit was about until I read the lyrics like a fucking just like an idiot I was just like yeah he was the leader he was like a good guy everybody liked him you know what I mean did well on his SATs and his standardized testing
0: <laughs> standardized testing <laughs>
1: Crush the ACTs. (laughs) Crush the ACTs. Dude, he's a camp counselor at Seneca Creek Camp. Play shortstop for Quince Orchard. All right, never mind. All right, two names we're going to hear throughout this whole thing Mm -hmm. are Ellie Greenwich and Jeff Berry because they wrote or co-wrote a bunch of songs on this compilation as well as for many other artists that didn't make it. So they wrote this was a number one melodramatic teenage death record about falling in love with the Doom Motorcycle Rebel, with producer Shadow Morton, who filled it with lush orchestration and chilly. Wait, sound that's effects. what this is about. So yeah, dude, this is this is about a girl falling in love with the bad guy.
0: Wait, my mind is being fucking blown right now. And if I'm not mistaken,
1: yeah everybody's telling her not to date him because he's like a wild bunch motorcycle dude. Uh You know what I mean? So hot. Uh, I'm so
0: into it. Sign me up.
1: Probably, probably, I do this uh, (laughs) this song is all, you you have dated so many leaders of the past. First time... (laughs) First Fuck. time I have ever met you. You remember we remember the greasy guy that dropped you off in the Jeep outside of pickle? <laughs> yeah, Whistle? you love
0: to bring that guy
1: up. That was the greasiest dude I, I like literally you slipped out of his car. There was so much <laughs> grease. You were like, you were like Yoop! <laughs> you're like, youp. Like and then you like slid all the way to the open mic sign up, like Psh! I mean, you're, like, you, hey, you guys. <laughs> you're like hey you guys oh that dude squiggly dan yeah squiggly dan he's uh he's like a he's like a poor man's matthew McConaughey. He, <laughs> he was you remember that yeah he was so bad he
0: was bad but he was like actor silly bad like he wasn't like yeah, bad dude. like my boyfriend in high school was bad
1: no but but th- this is the thing i mean about that kind of guy. It's like, and I think it's the same thing about the leader of the pack. It's just like, he's like that bad boy. You know what I mean? That guy pulled up and he might've been greasy, but he was in the Jeep, looked dirty, looked cool. Yeah, he
0: looked cool. You
1: know? And then I saw him do stand up comedy, and I was like, this nope. guy's garbage.
0: <laughs> we were this all like, oh, garbage. that's not attractive.
1: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com.
0: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
0: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumpaCasino.com. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. So, all right, so before I ask you the question, the Shangri-Las, this is something I think also might blow your mind. The Shangri-Las were Mary and Betty Weiss and identical twin sisters Marge and Mary Ann Ganser, two sets of Jewish teenage sisters from the main streets of Queen New York. I would have never guess jewish me
0: either Ever. well are this they like my life. aunts <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> they're at the passover seder yeah. with the big hair and shit but you know what just like you jewish girls like to date bad boys because you know where jewish parents can be very strict they ask you the question is the guy jewish and then they say you know well what does he do
0: see i think i like bad boys because my dad's half uh not jewish and so i'm half white trash
1: you're ha- no, you're not half white trash.
0: Yeah, I'm half Italian from upstate New York. I mean, that's fully white trash.
1: Italian people can't be white trash. You
0: know what I mean.
1: But but I want to ask you, because we're talking about bad boys. This is a great song. This is a classic, but down to bad boys. My question to you is, how many white guys with dreadlocks have you kushpluky? <laughs> Fuck you, first of all. <laughs> and zero. Dreadlocks are gross. Okay, well, how many? how many bad boys? Who is the baddest of the boys that you dated?
0: Oh man, I really loved a bad boy. Fuck, that was my jam. I mean, was I a bad I feel like boy? I was thinking that. I'm like, you're kind of a bad boy, but you're like a Jewish bad boy, so it's like different. <laughs> like inside, you're just like a mama's boy who like has a like a gruff voice and like, like doing pills. So, so like you were like, oh, yeah. you were like a fake bad boy.
1: <laughs> so for everybody, uh, Stephanie and I had a, a small romance in the, I think it was like the summer of 2008 or 2009. 2009. Yeah. 2009. Cause you had just, we had just, I think we had met a few months earlier and then we started hanging out and it was great. We were hanging out at the unknown theater. I was I guess in a sense as a comic I was a bad boy I'm 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 on pills I'm doing the unknown theater I'm jamming but there's somebody Dude, you've dated. You're wearing like
0: dirty boots and you were driving like a shitty Jeep and your jeans are down past your butt and you're like smoking cigarettes and like doing drugs and like you're all fucked up on stage. Like, yeah, you were playing the bad boy part in a real way. And really? I was like, I want to fix him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> little little did everybody know that I was this like sensitive little boy in my room crying, listening to Beck sea change.
0: I know, but that's the truth. I think of many, many probably most bad boys is that there's just like an early childhood trauma or some sort of like lack of confidence or something that has made them put up that big 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 wall and big big front so at this age I definitely think that a bad boy is a red flag for someone who has unresolved issues and I'm now in my mid-30s so I'm good on that but I still like a guy with some tattoos or some edge, you know, it's transferred from bad to like edge.
1: Yeah. And edge is great. Edge is successful. Like dude, bad boys are for your late teens and twenties. I mean, my high school
0: boyfriend was like smoking crack. Like what are we doing here? like I like come on
1: <laughs> everybody's like you shouldn't be with him Steffi and you're just like he came from the wrong side Love of the, the tracks
0: oh. <laughs> Good one. no he was just so hot you know yeah. bad boys are hot and so I, I know liked there could that. be a
1: hot crack smoker
0: you know he was just swimming up <laughs> swimming upstream
1: <laughs> sometimes you gotta swim upstream to yeah. get that rock yeah um all right, the next song I want to talk about is Dream Baby by Cher. Uh, uh, so, Peter, play a little bit of Dream Baby for Give me. Give us a little hit.
0: I'm gonna pray for the, pray for the day he dead. Hey baby, I love you.
1: This is what I'm talking about with something like this record is that, one, I never heard this. Two, it immediately stopped me in my tracks. And three, I was like, this is Cher?
0: Yeah, what? Like he, yeah, no Cher? Idea. Like C H E R Cher, the Queen Mama? <laughs> yeah, queen Mother Cher?
1: <laughs> queen Mother Cher. Whoa, she's um, old. <laughs> I mean, you ain't lying, dude. Yeah. 16. So she was 16 years old. At that time, she was known as Cherlyn LaPierre. Huh? She met. She met 27-year-old Salvatore Sonny Bono in Hollywood in
0: 1962. Ew! She was 16.
1: Oh, I didn't even read. I didn't even think. And he about was
0: 27. That. that is not okay.
1: Yeah, I didn't think about that. Come on. And then he went on to be a congressman. Jesus
0: Christ! That makes perfect sense. Politicians love fucking kids.
1: But they got married, and like, I don't know if that's. I, I listen. It's. I'm not defending it. But it's not like it was some creepy thing, like, you know.
0: No, it was a creepy it was, thing. It was just a different time where creepy things were okay.
1: But also we need to check the math to see if, because, if, like, maybe the the legal age might have been, that stuff got moved 12. up later in life. <laughs> no, well, you know what I mean. Like, maybe it was, like, I think it was probably in, like, the 70s. 80s they moved shit to 18, you know what I mean? This is, like, the 60s. This Dude, J- Jerry Lee Lewis dated, like, his, like, 14-year-old cousin, which I'm not saying is right, but it's just, that's, that's the way, Liz, I'm not defending you, but that's the way shit went Sounds
0: down. a lot like you're defending it. Listen, I want you to meet
1: my 11-year-old girlfriend, Patrice.
0: She's like, hi, Stephanie! <laughs> I'm like, baby girl, you're a prisoner, you're run. Like, run! Run, run!
1: <laughs>
0: I end up adopting her. It's a whole thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you'll probably treat her like you treated your dog, Boop, and just go, just
0: do whatever you want! Really? I'm gonna eat
1: kale chips.
0: And in that case, then, that means I would send her to my dad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they met because he was a member of Phil Spector's recording team. And through her friendship with Sonny, she started singing backups on Spector sessions, which I saw because uh, she was singing a bunch of stuff uh, for the Ronettes. And I think, not the Supremes, but I saw for the Ronettes. By 64, there were a couple. Oh, see, here you go. So he waited two years. So she was 18 by the time they were a couple. Wow, we said good job, Sonny. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, they were a couple, and Phil Spector wrote and produced her first single, "Ringo, I Love You," to cash in on the Beatles phenomenon, but credited it to Bonnie Jo Mason, so she didn't appear too ethnic.
0: Yeah, because she's Armenian. Yeah, and that was like not white.
1: Yeah, you know what's funny is this: I would, I never would have thought that she was anything but. Like, you look at Sharon, I'd just be like, yo, she's white. But it makes know, sense. But think about but, like
0: the the predominant cultural like look of that time. It was so. Yeah, it wasn't not that dark. That.
1: Yeah, it definitely wasn't no. that dark. So that same year, Sonny wrote this second single for her that was released under the name Cheryl Lynn. It was a regional hit in Los Angeles, and by the next year, everybody knew the names Sonny and Cher. One of my favorite share stories was I once stole an I Love Jesus t-shirt from the Boardwalk t-shirt factory in Ocean City, right? And I got arrested. I got arrested. I went to jail for the night, and then I was released. And then three months later, I had to go to court (laughs) in Ocean City, right? And I hadn't gotten a lawyer until the day before, not realizing that my life could be ruined from that. And so me and my friend Greg— Drove from Germantown, Maryland to Ocean City the night before my court case, uh, which is like a three-hour drive. And we got there around 3 in the morning. This is like August. So so we get to Ocean City, and we pull into a gas station around 3.30 in the morning. And there's this guy driving like a Toyota Celica with the windows rolled down. He's like 70 years old, and he's just blaring that Cher song. Do you believe? Love, love. Oh, yeah. Like, loud. Because it's the hip song at the time. And I go to walk by the guy to walk to go buy, like, cigarettes or something from the cashier. And the guy looks at me, and he's, he smiles. He goes, he's like, great song, huh? And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. He goes, bet you wouldn't think a 70-year-old old guy would be blasting some cool rock and roll <laughs> shit like this. And I'm like, what the fuck is... <gasps> wrong with you
0: <laughs> what did you say were you like no man it's cool
1: i sucked his dick
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you're very kind you're like bet you wouldn't think a cool 20 year old be sucking your dick to that song
1: <laughs> I this 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 has led me this 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 is great that that share changed her name from Cheryl to share Cher yeah because it lets me ask you this is that when and how did you become Falcon?
0: Ted, Josh, oh my God. Um, well, you know, I uh, I dabble in some spiritual things. And um, for my birthday in 2017, I had a numerologist offer me like a birthday numerology reading. Um, and so I took it. And she told me that... My name, Stephanie Johanna Sambari, my birth name was in a numerical like clashing with my birth date number. And I needed to change my middle name in order to have a more uh, harmonious relationship to love and career. That if I kept using the middle initial J and using the name Joanna, then I would keep having a hard time with money and relationships. And I was like, interesting, because I was having a lot of financial problems at that time. And I was very alone. So I was like, I'll literally do anything. And she was like, you need to change your name to something that starts with an F, an O, or an X. I was like, okay, this is insane. So I started looking up. Yeah. Like, I was like, can it be Fox? Like, I don't know. <laughs> but no, it had to It had to make my name add up to a three. That would, That was the thing. Okay. So I started looking up like... All these different names of every variety and then and nothing was really i had a list of f names i was like f is good but then nothing was really landing and then i was like sitting at lunch one day with my brother and i just was like falcon and he was like what i'm like falcon that's what i'm gonna call myself that's gonna be my middle name and he was like no steph <laughs> like no you can't do that that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard yeah and i was like no i'm gonna do it and then i wrote to my numerology friend and i was like here's my list i put falcon in the list didn't put it at the top or anything I wanted to like see. And she was like, okay, I'm sending it to my guru. He picked Falcon. And I was like, that's it. That's Falcon. And it's kind of interesting. Like it definitely has become like a little bit of a, like with my show, like that's what they know me as. Like if I run into people on the street who recognize me from the podcast. (laughs) Yes.
1: Falcon, oh my
0: God. Bless my crystal. (laughs) I just cleaned it in
1: the moonlight last night. They're like, Falcon, oh my God, hi. And
0: I'm like, I love that. I just like created this like rogue identity for myself and people responded to it. And that makes me feel like it was like, Meant to be.
1: Well, no, you, you're doing exactly what you should be doing. Yeah. You know, you're, you're so, you're so likable and you're so, you always were somebody. Well, I don't know if you were like, I think that we all in our, when we're younger, we always have a spiritual side, but much like you, mine came out, you know, later in life or where it was just like, it just takes over and it's like, you're doing exactly what you should be doing. You are that person. And it's not like, I don't think it's a front. I think it's like, like you, you you believe it. And when you believe it, like good things start happening to you and the people around you. Yeah. You know what I mean,
0: I mean, I think that people definitely overdo it and it does become like a show, but it's also like, I'm not, I would never be like, I'm super spiritual. I'm just trying to live in alignment with myself. And that's really my whole goal.
1: Yeah. Oh, I like Falcon. What was the What was some of the other options? Give me one more. Other it's like option.
0: Fallon and like uh, like I remember there was like an Olivia. There was I don't know. There was like a whole list. I had like ten names, and none of them felt right. Falcon just came to me, and then it was kind of weird because then Kylie Jenner did her Falcon sneaker thing, then Elon Musk did Falcon space thing, and then and Falcon started
1: coming up everywhere, and I was like Falcon had- Crest. Remember Falcon Crest? They did that years ago. That was a. Old show, my bubby. Oh used
0: right! To watch. Oh my God, Falcon Crest. <laughs> yeah, so I just felt like I pulled it out of the ether, and I was like, "Channel, the channel is open for Falcon, <laughs> and I we're here it. for it." And then last year, I my brother it. adopted me a falcon for my birthday, so I have like a piece of paper somewhere that I have like a peregrine falcon that I paid for to fly free in some like wilderness preserve.
1: <laughs> All right, let's jump into "He's So Fine" by The chiffon uh-huh. Peter, play the intro. Play the intro because this shits is slapzilla. <laughs> <laughs> Do he's so fine. Du-lang,
0: du-lang, du-lang. Du-lang. She were mine. Du-lang, du-lang. Oh, this album is making me feel like revived in my sense of love and crushes I feel like as we get older we get like dead inside and we're just like yeah oh whatever like they swiped back and so now we're fucking and we have kids and boo and I feel like this is like a whimsical time where it's like you just see someone and you're like oh my god and that's how you like would meet people and connect with them and like I yearn for that
1: you know it's funny that you say that because like I haven't Actually, that's not true. In December, I had a crush. But it took four dates for me to get a crush on that person. That's it's not normal. I know. what, But but I'm just saying, it's like, but also, was I was also pulling back. And like, I'm taking my time getting back into a relationship. I'm not just going to dive in like I used to. Because right. I used to be, I used to be he's so fine. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, Dude, I know. Uh, you were a bad boy, time, babe. I tried to smash. <laughs> Dude, I remember the first time I saw... Brady Matthews and I was like, oh my God, he is gorgeous. He's so, no, but you know, but Steph, you're right. You're right. That There's something about, there's something so cute about that crush, Yeah, about seeing somebody for the first time and you get butterflies. And like, you know,
0: like I kind of have a crush right now. I mean, I do have a crush right now and it's like unfamiliar feeling. Like I'm like, is this what it feels like to have a crush? Like I forgot And it makes me uncomfortable, and I keep trying to act like I don't because I'm, like, afraid of it because I'm just so used to being, like, settling.
1: Yeah, but don't – I don't think you should be – I think, like, we're getting older, man, so I think, like, if you get that feeling that reminds you of being a kid. I know. Dude, dude. the first crush, that first – I remember, like, when I had a crush on, like, my camp counselor, you know what I mean? And I'm, like, eight years old, and she's, like, 13, 14, and you're just like, that is – the oh, my God, it's, like – I just want to build lanyards. With <laughs> I just want to fucking get crochet or play dodgeball. I want to be on my team. And it's like, I haven't felt that in a long time. So I say run, run towards the feelings of the crush. Don't back. away. Yeah, no,
0: it's, it's, it's interesting how it used to be something that was just so easy to like lean into and be excited about. And I think that when we get older, I think it's also that we just get hurt so many times. And so we become like afraid to even admit the feelings of crush because we've been fucking slammed so many times like yeah it's yeah, just sad
1: right. yeah I thought and that was you asked me why you, you shouldn't wait four dates to have a crush is because I had been just had my heart just like tossed around so which is which is a part of of just growing up I feel like you have to love and lose but you know it's it's at, at 40 I'm just like all right let's Let's get to know this girl first. Yeah. Like, let's just find out a little bit about Jessica because I. See,
0: you're so funny. <laughs> I'm like, I'm 34. I have a crush on you. Give me a baby. Let's get married. Let's run away. Like I'm going zero to a hundred because I feel like I have no fucking time left.
1: Yeah. but oh, you do. You got a lot of time. To like work. two years. <laughs> two. You got about two more years. Yeah. <laughs> two, Tons two, two of time. And a <laughs> two and a half. I'll give you two. I'll throw the half on there. All right, so in 1962, singer-songwriter Ronnie Mack heard the harmonies of a trio of girls from James Monroe High School in Bronx, New York, and suggested they add another local girl who had already had a single out. He became their manager and wrote them this song about a perfect guy that went to number one for a month in 1963. All right, now for the sad shit. Uh, Just as the song was racing up the charts... Ronnie Mack died of cancer at the age of 23. No! Uh, he, yeah, he later inspired the 1964 Martha and the Vandals song, Jimmy Mack. Um, yeah, this this song actually, is there some, like, because uh, the next fact is, like, is... It's like this, this song is almost like cursed. In 1970, the copyright holders of this sued George Harrison over the similarities between this and his song, My Sweet Lord. The lawsuit went on for decades and ultimately Harrison lost. Well, I guess that's not a curse. I guess that's. It
0: ha- I feel like that happens a lot in music since there's like only so much you can do.
1: Yeah. We talked about this on the George Harrison episode. Do you, have, do you know the song I'm talking about?
0: Mm-mm.
1: My sweet lord. All right, you hear? You make the decision. If he stole, Peter, play a little bit of "My Sweet Lord" by George Harrison. Hallelujah. I do know a song. Yeah, this is like I mean, this is a great song. This is this is your fucking anthem. This is just you just <laughs> like like jumping on your trampoline, fucking incense burning, like I got, got a c two two crystals under your right titty. Like just on fucking, acid in the
0: canyon where I live. <laughs> just like yeah. But okay, you know music better than I do. Isn't it true that there's only like certain chord progressions that you can like write songs based off of and then like then it's like kind of spawns off from there?
1: Yeah, but it's, but you can, you can, the chord progressions have been duplicated and duplicated in different songs, but it's like the cadence of the lyrics and the cadence of the way they're singing it. It's sound, my sweet, oh, my sweet Lord, you know, oh, he's so fine. I guess. Yeah.
0: I guess. But here's the other fucked up thing like, think about like being an artist and he's, he had obviously heard that song, He's So Fine, at some point in his life. And it's like we get implanted with information, whether we're conscious of it or not. So it's like, I don't think that he directly probably stole that song. He probably just heard the progression and heard the melody and was like, I thought that I heard that he created it and didn't. I don't think he should have lost a lawsuit.
1: No. I, well, first of all, the guy was worth eight hundred billion dollars. He's a fucking beetle. Like he right. dropped. 20 million dollars to these people it's not it's like a it's like a you know like a whisper of money to him what 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 i i don't think he He purposely stole it what i think is that it just it sounds similar and if it sounds similar and it's and it generates revenue the person that did it first gets dude i had to pay fucking some dude that did a show close to mine uh, for the comedy jam no he did it he did it years ago and so he became a producer on my TV show it wasn't a big deal because right. he did a version of the goddamn comedy jam my show is not his at all do you know what I mean it's like I didn't even know about it but that's So the thing. should that I like- sue
0: the podcast that like became the second podcast to do what I do? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is there a girl named uh, Ravenette or like, <laughs> like some fucking, her name, I'm, I'm Falcon, she's Falkor. <laughs> <laughs> it's really close.
0: No, I. but I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know. I kind of, I get what you're saying, but I also kind of feel like it's like human ego to think that we have ownership over ideas like that. Like, we, there's only so many ideas that exist in the world. You know, there's only so much, like, originality and creativity. Like, everything is derivative in some capacity. And so I feel like, and we're all, like, lending and borrowing. Like, dude, the original comedians, like, all told the same jokes.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, there's just not,
0: I think it's a little bit extreme, but I get mon- that money makes the world go round and everyone needs to eat. So, fuck it.
1: Yeah, because in, in a sense, you you kind of have to, like, you kind of want to you want to push for for Ronnie Mack and the chiffon. Yeah, because because like it's they had such a tragic story. It's like that dude, the dude's life ended at 23. Like hook his fucking family up. That's man. true. And and, you know, so George, it's not like it's happening to you or I. It's happening to George Harrison. Right. He can afford it, you know.
0: And maybe that's why he just probably ultimately didn't care.
1: Yeah, he was just like, I'll just take the fucking money. <laughs> he's yeah, like, he's like, I have nine hundred more songs. I, I've got. He's like, I, I just, I don't care. <laughs> he's like, I'm taking a picture right now with some garden gnomes on my shoulder. <laughs> I don't care. Hey, you. Do you have any plans this year? <laughs> How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself Benny Goodman and my good friends Corey Pazin, and Siobhan Cronin from. What's up everyone, this is Jay Reason and I want to let you all know that Diablo Zen Podcast is now part of the Sound Talent Media family. Listen in as me and the one and only Danny Diablo aka Lord Ezak interview artists from the hardcore punk, metal, hip hop scenes and beyond. We have conversations with guests like actor Peter Green, DJ Muggs from Cypress Hill, LA street photographer Estevan Oriol, Jimmy G from New York City's legendary Murphy's Law and pro wrestler Vampiro to name a few. If you're a fan of good discussions and lots of laughs, tune in and join the fun. <laughs> All right, Chapel of Love by the Dixie Cups. Peter, kick it! we
0: we'll love until the end of time And will never
1: lonely anymore So, we talked about this last week too, but this song about marital bliss by married couple Jeff and Ellie were originally recorded, there you go, by Darlene Love and then the Ronettes. Uh, and if you, and the crazy thing, Steph, is that if you listen to last week's episode or you listen to the Ronettes version, mm-hmm. like, it, it just was missing something because of this song. Like, this version is so perfect that every other version of this song is just trash compared it to
0: It is a perfect song. It's like one of those things that you're that you hear that even if you've never heard it before, you'd be like I've heard that before. But I love it because I do feel like with the, you know modern feminism, you're like not supposed to like want those things anymore and I like still do and it's like it's nice to listen to this kind of old-timey uh value system and be like okay, I can take what's was good about that and move forward with it and then leave behind what doesn't work And kept us You know Held down And all that shit But like The 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 hopefulness Of being like I'm gonna get married And I'm gonna be happy And I'm not gonna be lonely anymore Like you would never hear A song about that today
1: You know It's a time stamp Of, of this era In America And I think When you listen to something Like this Stephanie That's why You understand Why things like Two Live Crew And and the Sex Pistols And all these other bands That people were Motley Crew They were like oh, oh my god Because their parents fucking listen totally. to, the sh- to the Shoop Shoop song. You know, they're like, yeah. if you wanna know if he loves oh, you so it's that's his kiss. That's what, yeah, that's, it what, it that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying though because they, like they hear these perfect worlds that they are trying to create or and mask all the pain in the world yeah. through the through what's being pumped into pop culture so that's why But that's why, you have why all this other
0: stuff. that's why these songs that we when we talked earlier about like what movies we've seen them in they're always in like very dark movies because exactly right like the songs never touched on the undercurrent of what was happening in the culture so like the contrast is so rich and so alive but i don't know like don't you kind of think that Like, I don't need my music necessarily. I mean, it depends on what mood you're in, of course. But I like music sometimes to be like a complete emotional escape and like only reminding me of the positive experience of a situation.
1: Dude, it's exactly what we're going through. And all the Fleece Army, all the listeners, everybody is like, the world is in a pandemic and we're listening to this music. Yeah. You know what I mean? This shit came out. Kennedy got shot, got assassinated. Martin Luther King jr. Was killed. Like yeah. dude, the, my my dad always said this. And I remember he said, dude, in, I think he said the seventies, he goes when like the Vietnam war and stuff was going on. He's like, there was a point where he's like, I thought it was all going to fall apart. Like the whole country government, all that shit, because it's almost like what we're dealing with now. Well,
0: weirdly on an astrological tip, uh, the astrology of the 60s is very much it's not the same thing right now, but there's a lot of the same like planetary returns of like revolution and change and like structural renavigating and putting things in new places and having like you know in renewed contracts of the societal variety it's all like coming back around right now so it is very interesting that that people are saying that because it's it's in the ether honestly
1: all right we sang it already but let's do it here now the shoop shoop song it's in his kiss by betty everett Although It's in His Kiss by Rudy Clark had previously been recorded a couple of times, it didn't become successful until Betty Everett took it to number one in 1964. It's because of the second recording that they decided to add a reference to the unique backup vocals Shoop Shoop to its title to differentiate between them. Peter, play 59 seconds in.
0: Oh am like, I've never heard the shoop-shoops. Really? I mean, I've never like paid attention to them like that, but now <laughs> it's my obsession.
1: All I can think about when I hear this song is the movie Mermaids. Like that's
0: okay. it. Okay. That is one of the greatest movies of all
1: time. Yeah, dude. So Cher covered this for the soundtrack of the movie Mermaids came out in 1990. Uh, it went... Top forty in America and became her first solo number one in the UK. And all I can think about when I hear this song is why Nona losing her virginity in a gazebo. <laughs>
0: that's it. That's
1: uh, all I remember from that movie.
0: Why did I watch that movie with my mom so many times?
1: Well, you were probably nineteen ninety. What were you like? Seven?
0: I was five.
1: You're but five? I don't. I don't think
0: we watched it until I was like probably like twelve. Although my mom had like a, this weird thing that she would do where she would have kind of spotty memories of movies that she deemed classic, but didn't really remember the context of the movie. Like I broke my leg when I was 11 and she was like, rented me all these movies and she pulls out The Graduate and she's like, this is the greatest movie of all time. And I'm like 11 years old watching The Graduate and we get to the part where they start like fucking and she's like, oh, I didn't um remember what this movie was actually about and I didn't finish the movie until probably like, 15 years later or something.
1: My dad was the same way. Like, I remember him showing me, uh, he took me to, like, see, like, you know, Predator and and Total Recall, like eighty seven, eighty nine, ninety. So I'm like, you know, seven, eight, nine years old, and my dad showed me like Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah, and I think I was right around five too. It's like, do we had hip parents, dude?
0: No, we had if parents you're... who wanted to see good movies and forgot that we were children. <laughs> yeah.
1: it's like, ah, they won't even remember. I remember
0: they took me to see Saving Private Ryan, and I looked at my dad, and I was like, no. And so that we had to leave the theater because I was so scared of like the war violence, like.
1: Um, I want to ask you this Mm -hmm. Where was the strangest place You've ever shoop shooped
0: Is it in his kiss No (laughs) It is Where's the strangest place I've ever shoop shooped Wait I'm gonna call sex shoop shoop From this moment on Till the rest of my life Like don't you worry I've shoop shooped In a lot of places
1: (laughs) Where's the weirdest Mine's Uh Pelican Pete's bathroom
0: Ew, Josh. In a bathroom? What is what is Pelican Pete's? It's
1: like a it's like a a crab house in Baltimore not Baltimore in Germantown. It was during a Redskins game. Oh, for the love of God. Um What are you about to say? Hold on. Like you you're so judgy of my shoop, I'm shoop I'm I'm not judgy. Experience. It's just it's
0: all just just the whole thing. All we're just the humans are just pieces of shit. Um, <laughs> 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 um I think I've shoop shooped. Well, I've shoop shooped in many a cars, but I think actually I was remembering the other day because I just moved out here and I had only been here one other time, two other times in my L.A. life. And I'm pretty sure I shoop shooped in like a tunnel in the middle of like a hike in Topanga.
1: Really? Yeah. Tunnel
0: fucking. Yeah. Tunnel fucking dude.
1: And you think and you think that's. Better than than Pelican Pete's bathroom. Well, it's at
0: least like nature, which is like less grimy.
1: Yeah, but what if like, like one of those like monster hornets, you know? But this was
0: like 2011 before the monster hornet <laughs> existed. I've been, I've gotten fingered in a couple bathrooms, but never <laughs> fucked. <laughs> oh, it is in his kiss. Every girl knows that it's so important to make out with somebody. And know if you have good chemistry, it's like the oh, most if, important thing.
1: I've I've ended it like with a girl I had a crush on, you know, because we don't have a rhythm. Yeah, it's not. There's no you. You're not a connected kiss. You don't have a connected kiss, man. You don't have anything. That's like that's like teaching a dog heel. Once you get heel, it learns everything else. If you can kiss somebody good, then everything else will be fine.
0: Yeah, although it, I've like, kissed it, it sexually. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a really good sign. I have had some kisses that were like that was our only chemistry. And then like when it came to like fucking chemistry, it was like not as strong as I would have wanted it to be. Some people are just meant to be made out with. But also I think the women of this generation who wrote these songs maybe weren't requiring the level of intense fucking that a woman of the 2020s is requiring.
1: Dude, that's the thing is that we don't know, man. Yeah. We just don't know. Yeah, you don't know. They're they're, they're top secret quiet about what the freaky shit that the older generations did, you know? But a lot of them like
0: never came in their life and then they they became like 60 and and like said like I've never had an orgasm before like the female like sexual pleasure like movement of today is very real.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. That, that, you just saying that, that there's bubbies out there that are like, nope, never busted a nut. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I've never busted a nut. I don't know what it is. He never did it. And now he's dead and I can't have sex with somebody else because I'm 84 and I've never came because I only had sex with one man and he was such a selfish lover.
0: Yeah, well, it's, all, it's like, he was a selfish lover but also he, look, even to, in today's sexual landscape, I'm sure like every man of our generation like wants to make a girl come but maybe like doesn't know how or would need to like have a conversation about it and be communicative and like that's not a very easy thing to communicate about especially if you're living in a time where like there's no porn there's no sexual freedom there's no conversation women didn't even know that they needed to ask for it or like show you what was right like I'm sure if they knew that that's all it took like hey just a little to the left or you know like put my butt on a pillow or like whatever the fuck it is that you need to do to get your shit going. Nobody knew that that was the conversation that needed to be had.
1: All, all you did right there was just tell uh, your next partner how you like it. You're like, it's always to the left. <laughs> no, ass always I, on I, a <laughs> pillow. No. Want to make Simbari come, get her ass on a pillow, go to the left. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I was just using it. I was just... Take her out to a nice cave in Topanga. No, I'm just <laughs> always to
0: the left. No,
1: ass I'm just on a pillow. Giving an
0: example. Not every you don't need your ass on a pillow every time or anything like that. But like you know, there's things that each lover needs to do for each other that's different. That yeah. Um, you know, they didn't know. Look, just choke me, put a pillow on my face, and I'll be <laughs>
1: Always to the laugh. Ass on a pillow. I'm crying. On a... I'm Grab crying. that pillow over there. <laughs> this is too much fun. All right, can I play you my what I think might be my favorite song on this whole record? Yeah. All right. Uh, I Can't Let Go by Evie Sands. Now, everybody listening right now, I want you guys to know that I know it, it's... It's all spugled that I would say, out of all these songs, this is the one that I'm picking. But there's something about it. It just sticks out to me. Peter, play a little taste of I Can't Let Go by Evie Sands.
0: I can't go, Yes. <laughs> oh, no, in my head, I was like, I hope it's the one that's my favorite too. And it was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> are you serious? Are yes. You, you, okay. I, no, because I, was I heard that excited. song
0: and I was like, this is like a modern song.
1: Dude, that was the thing. Out of all the other songs, like this one's on there. And I was like, first of all, the bass in that shit thumps. It's just yeah. like ding, ding, ding. <laughs> it's got a very like, it almost sounds like something from the TV show Maude. Do you know what I mean? Like it's almost—it just has like a very B. Arthur feel to it. Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense or it's confusing. Well, I don't think it's—I mean, I think it's
0: right because she was also like a kind of ahead of her time type of bitch. Sure.
1: Well, I'd never heard of Evie Sands. Uh, she was a Brooklyn-born blue-eyed soul singer, uh, and this was written by Al Giorgione and Chip Taylor.
0: So uh, the good. Hollies.
1: Here's here's something else though. Uh, the Hollies had a number two hit with this in the UK shortly after, and Linda Ronstadt charted with it in the US in the nineteen eighties. Uh now I'm excited because uh I actually want to hear both of those songs now. Like I really do. I- I'm surprised I love Linda Ronstadt and I love the Hollies. I mean, this album is just loaded with such good shit. My boyfriend's back.
0: Also, we didn't uh, talk about um He's got the power.
1: <laughs> Peter, do you have a little bit of He's Got the Power? He makes
0: me do things I don't want to do.
1: song is so real it's so good dude all right so this 1957 hit for the Exciters a Queens New York vocal group with one male member was again produced by Lieber and Stoller in 63 as a follow-up to their 62 hit tell him uh
0: that's my second favorite song on the album
1: contrary to popular opinion (laughs) so so this song is about being completely dick whipped
0: yeah So, Ellie Greenwich,
1: she wrote this, Ellie Greenwich, because she was obsessed with Tony Powers in '62. Although she and Jeff Barry were a couple, they didn't work together exclusively until they got married later that year. This this is such a great song I had no idea this was about that
0: Literally she's like I can't deal with his personality But he fucks me so good I am completely dignitized And I do and say things I do not want to do And yet I can't stop (laughs) I can't stop I can't stop (laughs) Dude it's so great
1: it's such a great song. Also, I relate. Is did you, did you so you got that right from listening to this right after the jump? Because I didn't even understand it was about that. I just loved the the way the song flowed.
0: Well, at first, I was like, "This is so dark. Um, this woman is a prisoner, and this man makes all the money, and she can't make money because she's living in a time when women can't work." And I went down like a dark societal rabbit hole. Yeah. And then I listened again, and I was like, "Oh wait, this song is about how much she loves his cock." <laughs> 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 and then I was like, I love this song. <laughs>
1: Have you ever been dick whipped?
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. You get addicted to people. You like, it's like also it's the same thing as being pussy whipped, really. It's like we just get chemically bonded to each other. Yeah. And so we're like confused. Pheromones. Yeah, we're pheromones, and so we get confused about the the truth of the situation. We can't that's why honestly in my like 30 second year of life, not, not this year, a few years back. Um, so crazy. I'm only 25. I can't believe I like can talk like I'm 35. It's so weird. Um, but I, I stopped, I did something like an experiment where I was like, okay, cause I'm, I've always just been like, I'll fuck you. And then we'll see what happens. That was, that was always kind of my like mode of like dating, which didn't work. Um, so I was like, I, I got this idea that I think someone told me this is true. Like the second that people start Sleeping with each other, they stop seeing each other clearly. And so I did this experiment where I was like, "Let me just try." It sounds really dumb now that I'm saying it a lot because it's not like revolutionary in any capacity. But let me just try not to fuck somebody right away and like, That's what get, I was say. And like get to yeah. know them. <laughs> like, let That's me just not fuck somebody.
1: Like, see them.
0: <laughs> I know, but it's crazy because like so many people. There's, I was like, "There's I, somebody
1: out. There's somebody out there right now that is like, uh, wait, I." can hold off on fucking them? (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know I could do that.
0: I didn't know I could do it either. I'm not even fucking being hyperbolic. I'm being 100% serious. I really thought that that was the best way to get to know someone. We're Scorpios. That's how we communicate. That's how we get information. Like, I... Didn't know that I could try something different and it was very interesting because in the beginning with a couple of them I was like, I'm trying to fuck and they were like, let's wait Let's see and by the time that they were ready. I was like, I'm over this and it was true It was like I really Saw you clearly long enough to know that if we started fucking I would have gotten wrapped up and it gotten into some like Fucking month-long two month long three month long like annoying thing Just because you know We fucked and it's sad that that's true because it's so enjoyable
1: yeah sex is great but It's it great it, f- it fogs everything man That's why I'm so clear right now Me too Cause I'm, I haven't seen another I haven't seen like a woman That's you know Hasn't been six feet away In what Two months now Good thing you have a six inch cot I mean six foot. <laughs> wait, wait, sorry, no, That joke <laughs> That joke would <went> hit <laughs> Fucked up that joke bad. So right. <laughs> do you want to do some facts And get out of here
0: oh, Yeah out there?
1: Yes we're out there everyone I'm Hal Schwartz So please subscribe to "Numbat the Brave" on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you. Let's do. Some facts, and then we'll <laughs> do 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 do. Right, and also we're not skipping over. There's so many great songs on this album. The locomotion, my boyfriend's back. There are. It's just hit after hit. If you haven't listened to the record, listen to it. You'll feel better. Honestly, right. it's
0: a it's a joy of memory and whimsy.
1: Yeah, whimsy, totally whimsy. The J Nets, who were riding the success of their song "Sally Go Round the Roses," were on Dick Clark's Caravan of Stars tour when they were scheduled to perform at Memorial Auditorium in Dallas, Texas, on the night of November twenty second, nineteen sixty three. Do you know what happened that night?
0: Um, Robert Kennedy was assassinated. No,
1: you're close. John Ken- F. Kennedy.
0: John F. Kennedy. I'm really only connected to the Robert Kennedy assassination because I. Watch the documentary <laughs> Okay And it I made mean, me cry um, so much Because I thought he was like Just an amazing figure
1: Yeah oh I love RFK I, lo- I bet you do Like, like uh, older people love JFK
0: Yeah but he was like I think I judge him Because he was like philandering So was Robert I know but It's less talked about
1: <laughs> okay, <yeah. laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh three songs on here were performed by the writers of almost all the other songs. Carol King did It Might as Well Rain Until September. Ellie Greenwich did You Don't Know, and Ellie and then husband Jeff Barry released The Kind of Boy You Can't Forget as The Raindrops. Although their songs are widely successful, none of these did particularly well.
0: That's so interesting. That's why the album feels even though it's sung by different people, it feels like so cohesive
1: yeah I it's there's so many songs that are on this that have been covered throughout like history because it's just when you figure out a format of a song and when a song's so perfect you just fucking you know like yesterday has been covered more than any other song because I remember the first time I heard it I was like oh yeah this song's perfect like I want to sing it um What's the worst review or critique you've ever gotten?
0: Of myself? Well, the worst things that have ever been said about me have been said about me by me. So <laughs> uh, I don't really think that anyone has said anything. Um, Something that sticks, this is really stupid, but... I feel like someone wrote like an iTunes review about my podcast like early on and said, "What is this The Stephanie Simbari show?" And I just thought that was so funny cuz like, yes. <laughs> like
1: I mean, yeah. It literally is. It's, it's it, your show.
0: Exactly, but like it just kind of like triggered me because I feel like that's something that I was really 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 hard on myself about doing stand up and just in general like being an actor and kind of choosing this life. It's like I was very hard on myself about the notion that I thought that I was like good enough or special enough or something to like say that I could do those things, and like that's the that's the harshest critic that I have, which is myself that says like you're worthless,
1: yeah, uh it's a constant struggle with me, yeah, you know, but i uh, you you just like you said something to me a long time ago that I'll always remember. It was, I was like, hmm. when we first met and I was like kind of egotistical. I was like, I was like, can you were hot too? And I was like, well, you're going to be a comic. What, what makes you think you can be a comic? And you looked at me, you were like, cause I have something to say. Oh, sad. I was just sad.
0: Like... <laughs>
1: Well, why would I ask that question in general anyway? That was me just being the bad boy that I was back then.
0: Such a fucking instigator. But that is why I do what I do because I feel that that's true. But with that comes all of the other things of putting yourself out there, putting yourself up against potential judgment. But it's really just the fear. It's not the actual reality of people's reactions that's harsh. It's the fear that gets in the way that thinks the reaction is going to be harsh. And so when people say things like that, it triggers that deep insecurity in you that you've, you're constantly fighting against.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're doing fucking great, kiddo. I have something to great. say.
0: Am I still hot?
1: Yeah, you're Topanga hot now.
0: Fuck, that's ugly. <laughs> yeah,
1: you, 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 you look like you put together like like all-female uh, songwriter festivals. You know what I mean? You've got like that.
0: My hair is so long. Like what? It goes down to my butt in the back.
1: I remember one time... You used to like show up at the open mic Like I remember we always talked about the pillowcase Do you remember the pillowcase? The pillowcase you, like, that I was
0: wearing as a dress
1: Yeah you wore a pillowcase as a dress once With like a brooch on it
0: Oh yeah no That's because I was the box girl at the standard And the, the the uniform was that you had to wear White top and white shorts And I did it like three days a week And of course like I never did my laundry And it only had one top and one short And so I was like, forgot that I had to work. This was like so me at like 24, forgot that I had to work, forgot that I didn't wash my clothes and found a white pillowcase in my closet and I cut leg holes into the pillowcase and (laughs) turned it into like, and I had like a, uh, like a nude colored bra and I turned the pillowcase into like a weird dress. (laughs) I took, because the only reason why the brooch was there is that's the only thing I could think of to hold the pillowcase up. On my bra yeah. and wear it in the box
1: Oh this dress It's psycho. just my This dress it's just my comforter <laughs> A comforter <laughs> with, with a belt on
0: No you used to do the bit where you were like Steph sees curtains and she's like, <laughs> and <laughs> you're like, you're
1: like You had like You had like a dead bug on an earring You like picked like a, like a bug <laughs> off the street And you were like this cricket will do click. <laughs> <laughs> and then you put it on your ear
0: <sighs> Oh my god I was fun
1: you're, you still are. All right, last <laughs> fact. Due to the lyrics being from the perspective of a young girl possibly offering up her virginity in the song Will You Love Me Tomorrow by the Shirelles, some radio stations banned this. I had no idea that this song was about that. Me until either. Until I got into like a lot. Yeah, dude, will you still love me tomorrow? It's about literally like, if if we, I'll have sex with you, but are you still, you know, will you love me tomorrow? So this came out in 1960. So in 1960, you just have to like imagine like women never sang songs about that about yeah. the first time, and then yeah. saying like, "All right, I'm gonna fuck you," but you know, what's tomorrow gonna be like? And like, people weren't
0: really having. It wasn't like it was frowned upon to have sex if you weren't married.
1: Yeah. In so the 50s? I want you to do me. I want you to do me a favor. Mm-hmm. Paint me a picture <laughs> of the night. You down dogged into somebody else's tree (laughs) post.
0: Is that a lyric of the song? <laughs> you down dog into your tree pose. <laughs> Will you still love me in mountain? Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's another pose Ooh, for those of you who Tiny nine yogis. back ben, warrior three. <laughs> oh man. I've only ever fucked one yogi and it was so weird.
1: Really? Oh, I was man. talking more about your virginity. I was talking oh. more about your virginity. Oh.
0: <laughs> uh, I lost my virginity for revenge. It's kind of a dark story. <laughs> uh,
1: for revenge?
0: Yeah, I lost my virginity to my high school boyfriend's best friend to uh, hurt him.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Yeah, it's pretty
1: <laughs> sick. It's- <laughs> What's up? What's up, cruel intentions? <laughs>
0: That was our movie together. <laughs> uh,
1: of course. <laughs> no,
0: he was the crackhead, as aforementioned. And um oh, yeah. he had, like, done some kind of fucked up shit. And I was feeling very hurt because I was a virgin. And we were dating for, like, a year and a half. And he was, like, patient, said he didn't care. But I was so dumb and naive. Like, of course a man isn't going to date you for a year and a half and not have sex. He's a fucking man. So he fucked somebody else, obviously. But he, he did love me. But But yeah. I understand I get that. And I didn't really understand that at the time. And then he like went to Mexico and went on a fucking drug bender and it was like this whole fucked up thing. So when he was gone, his best friend kind of like swooped in and was like, I always thought me and you would be a better couple than you and him. And I was just like, yeah, but it was a big, sad regret for sure. I definitely like made a mess and really, 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 really hurt my high school boyfriend, even though I kind of thought he couldn't be hurt because I didn't understand I didn't really understand like people and men at that time, but he was devastated. He never forgave me.
1: Yeah. But you're a kid. You know, yeah, you're No, you're a it's kid fine. And you, now. Were, you were angry. And yeah, of course, that's the thing is that all the mistakes that we've made in life. It's like, dude, I my, my when I lost my virginity, I don't even know the girl's name. Yeah. For the first for number one. That Everyone's said, virginity
0: is a weird story.
1: It's always a weird story most people that are listening right now are like no mine's actually it's like so normal. sweet <laughs> like, you know what i do most think... people fuck their friend revenge story and, i know and, and oh my god i'm such hook a bad up person. With some girl in myrtle beach that they didn't no, know but like
0: you know what looking back it's probably better that i didn't have sex with them because then i would have been like so fucking sprung on that dick and then i would be like still dating someone who like has like an eighth grade reading level so it's probably for the best
1: Yeah, dude, you'd be all fucking shoop-shoop I hope
0: nobody ever listens to this Because I'm being so cunty
1: (laughs) Nah, dude dude, There's a reason why your favorite song was I Can't Let Go
0: By Evie said
1: Uh, I deeply
0: love everyone I've ever been with All 145 of them
1: (laughs) I love you, babe Steph, this was so much fun Thank you so much for coming on um, oh dude, wait! Was... Can
0: we can we ask my question on air so that the audience knows what's good?
1: What's the question? That in
0: four years, when Crazy Sexy Cool pops up on the top 500 list, you're gonna give your old friend Steph Sombari a call.
1: We'll, we're gonna give Steph Sambari a Don't call Don't look
0: down and lie and be shifty. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking look me in I mean, in we, the we, eyes. Do we do. We, my, do. We
1: might do. We might. If we get, uh, but here's the deal. All right, but if we get T Boz or Chili, then <sighs> you're out.
0: Okay, okay, wait, new, new, new thing. If you get T-Boz or Chili, then I can also come
1: on. (laughs) Spotify doesn't like multiple guests. Yeah, they just don't like multiple guests. Maybe by
0: that time you'll be kicked off Spotify and be like on a different platform. Don't put that
1: (laughs) energy, don't put that, dude, not in a pandemic. Don't put that energy up there at all. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We love you, Spotify. (laughs)
0: Love
1: you. All right, fine.
0: Well, if you just tell them that I'm their biggest fan and I used to, um... Record myself singing along with their tape on a different tape recorder, and tell my little cousins that I met them.
1: <laughs> okay, I-, I love you, babe. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much.
1: what I tell you, what I tell you? The one and only Stephanie Simbari, guys. Follow Stephanie on Instagram, at S Simbari. Follow her on Twitter, at Steph Simbari. And check out her podcast, That's So Retrograde. It's incredible. You'll love it. Now, we just listened to various girl groups of the 1960s. This week, our new music choice is Shia Diamond. Shia is an America singer-songwriter who grew up listening to artists influenced by the girl groups of the 60s, including Tina Turner and Whitney Houston. Although Shia's music is primarily soul-based, she blends in hints of blues and rock for a modern take on the sound. Her new single, I Am America, is the theme song for HBO's new series, We're Here, and you can stream it now on Spotify. Check out the link on our website, the500podcast.com. And if you're in a band and we're directly influenced by one of these albums or artists and you want your music featured on the 500, send your song to 500 podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you put the album and the artists that influence you in the subject line. Next week is Buddy Holly and the Crickets Week as we go through their 1957 debut album, The Chirping Crickets. So y'all got some homework to do. Listen to the album on Spotify. Stay fleecy. Dougal.
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
1: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hey, this is Chris Santos, host of Delirious Nomads, the Blacklight Media Podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Delirious Nomads is a podcast about all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports, and me being a chef and all, we'll be riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the world. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.
0: Next Chapter Podcasts.